0: A spontaneous and unrehearsed interview.
1: Welcome to Curiosityness the podcast. Episode 52. I am Travis DeRose, your Finnish host. And I bet you didn't know that, but I'm Finnish like 90-something percent Finnish. So on this episode, I got on Joanna Nyland. She's the author of Sisu, the Finnish Art of Courage. So Joanna's Finnish, she talked to me from Helsinki, and we talk about Sisu, which is a Finnish word that means courage and determination, and it's really hard to translate, but that's why I talked to her and she explains it a lot better than I just did. Uh, but it's a really interesting concept, really cool to learn about, and then we also kind of dig into a lot of kind of Finnish culture stuff and learn about things that they do that at least I want to do and I think us here in the U.S. should kind of start to learn a little bit more about and bring back into our life things like, you know, saunas. It's pronounced saunas, pronounced saunas by the way, not saunas, they do the ice plunge, spend a lot of time in nature and roughing it and that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I might sound a little excited in this episode because it was, it was exciting for me to hear this stuff, and it's, it's fun, you know, growing up with Finnish grandparents and seeing this kind of stuff in them. Uh, but that's it. I'm going to stop talking, and let's get to the episode with Joanna Nyland, the author of Sisu. And boom. What's up, Joanna? How's it going?
0: <laughs> it's going well, Travis.
1: Cool, good to see
0: you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Slash show.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. So you're in? Are you in uh, Helsinki right now, Finland?
0: I'm in Helsinki. Yeah, and it's uh, it's eight o'clock in the evening my time, but it's still very light outside because you know it's that time of year and the Nordics, and it's just wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, so it's eight o'clock there. I'm in L.A. Uh, it's 10 a.m. here. So, but we're we're hitting like summer. It's pretty hot now. What's it like over there?
0: Well, it's been. I think by Finnish standards, it's been quite hot as yeah. well. Like it's about 25 degrees centigrade. You mm-hmm. know, like for, I mean, not not right now, but it has been for a few days, and that's that's hot. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of more than we're used to at this right. time of year. Yeah,
1: I gotcha. Yeah. So we. We share something. We may be related. Who knows? (laughs) Because (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, because your last name is Nyland and that was that's my mother's maiden name, which I probably shouldn't reveal because that's a bunch of security questions. But but uh, (laughs) yeah, is that is Nyland a common name in Finland?
0: Well, it's fairly common, yeah. Among the Swedish-speaking minority, of which I am part, okay. uh, Nyland is quite common. So basically along like the southwest coast, if you know the map of Finland, roughly what it looks like, the southwest coast um, all the way up around is basically where you would find people called Nyland. <laughs>
1: oh. And it's,
0: it's quite common because another funny thing is my maiden name was Nyland. Uh-huh. My husband's name is also Nyland, but we're not we're not related.
1: <laughs> so, wow. But,
0: but keep to keep us sort of apart, you know, when we when we discuss things in our families, we talk about Nyland an North and Nyland an South. <laughs> kind of, you know, so people know which family we're talking about. Right. <laughs> it is fairly common, but I mean, who knows? That's yeah. really that's so cool. That was so and weird. I also I have to say I I saw a picture of you um when I checked out your website and I was like my goodness, like if I saw you in downtown Helsinki, you would fit right in. You look so finished.
1: Would I? Okay.
0: Absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> you could just come over here and claim for <laughs> inheritance or whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I want I've never been. I really want to come visit so yeah. bad. Yeah.
0: Oh gosh. Oh, you have to come. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Helsinki is one of the has been one of the top travel destinations recommended now for a few years running. It's in a you know, and you have even more reason to come. So yeah,
1: wow. So wh- what should I do if I come to Helsinki? What are some top top sights to see, I guess?
0: Well, I think just basically downtown and, and also like the islands, sort mm-hmm. of in the uh, inlet to Helsinki. There's like a, a lot of islands that you can get to really quickly, like just take a ferry and it takes about 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And, and they're just like, it's like paradise. And you don't believe that you're actually sometimes literally looking at the central part of town from where you are because you're in this little summer paradise. Oh. So that's, that's one of the the special things that we have in, in Helsinki, all the, the islands just outside. So at this time of year, I would go there. Yeah. Basically, you know, there's the central, the center of town with all the different sites, like uh, our big church and our, our main streets and, you know, stuff like that.
1: hmm now, is it is Helsinki kind of like a like a big city, or what's the vibe there?
0: Well, it's again by Nordic standards, it is you know it's big. It's like a million and a half yeah. in, in the greater Helsinki area. So it's our biggest city. It's our capital, uh-huh. um, and we kind of think it's big. Like if you come from the countryside, like I do, it's it was the big city. Now I've lived for fifteen years or more, so now it doesn't feel so big anymore. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a good size. It's like a I think the the slogan in Finnish is something like it's a it's a human size capital, like it's not too big to to walk around in, you know, okay. and you can you can go across the center quite easily.
1: Uh huh. That's
0: so, good. Like and it's it's very green, so Isn't that's it? nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. That sounds mm-hmm. like uh, similar to Portland here over in up in uh, Oregon, where they have yeah. just like a bunch of. uh parks and kind of Greenland and foresty area where you can walk, you know, 10 minutes outside the city and not see anything, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I've heard good things about Portland.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love visiting there. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, we got to talk about Sisu, right? Yeah. Your book, Sisu, <laughs> The uh, Finnish Art of Courage. So I, let's just start. What is, uh, how do you, how can we translate Sisu if it's possible or what does Sisu mean really?
0: well i think that's the whole the whole point basically with my book mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't translate it but it, you can translate it using lots of different words so yeah. so it's like um it's courage it's resilience it's uh guts in a way it's uh tenacity um it's a certain kind of stubbornness um it's it's kind of related to to grit but it's it's not psychologically it's not the same thing that it's like academic research on these things now but it's related to it as well um and it's just basically this this one we just have this like one word to describe basically an attitude of life i would say that that lets you um tap into your inner strength um especially in times when you really don't think that you have it or you don't have any more of it and that's when you kind of reach for your sisal and it's in Finland, it's something that kind of it crops up in conversation all the time, and we have all these kinds of sayings, and we're always, you know, saying to each other like, "Well, I'm going to really need some sisu for this." you know and and so people are very it's very much part of our vernacular and and our our kind of the, the way we think um, mm-hmm. this kind of trait, which is a bit It's a little bit mystical, but it kind of involves all of those things that I said,
1: yeah, because that because we I mean, I think I mentioned to you when we first started talking that. I, we always had a Sisu, like a wooden Sisu sign hanging in our kitchen yeah. growing up Yeah, because well, I'm finished. I don't think we've we mentioned that I'm finished. My whole family's finished. We're I don't know, like 90% finished, something like that. Um, so my grandparents, they, uh, they were born in Finland. Oh gosh, I should know that for sure. But I, I think they were born in <laughs> Finland. They spoke Finnish towards the end of their life. They basic they kind of, they didn't really speak it anymore. They forgot a lot of it just because they weren't using it. But, um, yeah, I grew up kind of like hearing about Finland and we always had that Sisu sign. And that's what I was told. It was like, I was like, what does that mean? And everyone's like, well, it means courage and this, but it was, it's kind of like hard to, to grasp and translate, yeah. you know? So yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah. It's,
1: it's tricky.
0: That's
1: why you have to write a whole book. <laughs> you have to write a whole book. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean... Can let's just can we dive into it a little bit more? Like how sure. how does how can someone maybe practice sisu or you know bring it into their life more?
0: Well, I think I, I suppose the first step would be to to read something about it, you know, to understand it a bit more. But but it is very it is a very practical thing, and and that's one of the things I wanted to do with my book as well to make it as concrete and, and practical as possible. And I think, I think for one, one, one part, one, one uh, area of life where we kind of really utilize SISO a lot is when we try to, you know, we try to set a goal for something like say, I'm going to be running a marathon, you know, I'm, then I, I kind of know that I'm going to need to, to you know, set up some goals, and I'm going to need to to have a plan for those times when I feel like I'm going to be you know probably exhausted and and on the verge of giving up. And and that's usually when you know Cecil kind of you sort of call upon this <laughs> quality that you that you uh, that you believe that you have inside you. Um, so I think maybe that's one area. But basically, anything that makes you a little scared or or even, I would say, any kind of crisis. I think it's it's really, if you look at Sisu historically, for us Finns, it's kind of really come to its own when we've been faced with like impossible odds or a crisis. Like, like I'm sure you know from your family history. You know, back in back during the the Second World War and and when Finland was attacked by the Soviet Union, which was like, you know like huge and we were like really, really tiny and under armed and under everything and still kind of, you know, won the the first part of that, of that conflict. And that's, that's like the Sisu moment that has really defined us as a nation, but you can, you can find it in those like big moments. But I think it's, it's um, today, obviously more um, interesting to, to think about how it applies to our lives you know our fairly comfortable lives and and how how and when we kind of need it um so so yeah i'm i'm trying in in the book i'm trying to to look at different things like integrity for instance like having integrity online which i think is a really like a burning topic right now you know to to sort of stand up for what you you know stand behind your words and all these like old-fashioned values of yeah just well integrity basically um and and how that how sisu kind of plays a part in that as well so i was trying to find these maybe modern more modern approaches to using it
1: okay so so even integrity would kind of be you know tied into sisu
0: yeah yeah i i think so because it it kind of sisu is a little bit like uh, take it's a bit like taking responsibility for your own life yeah, it's a bit like you're You're kind of in charge and and you have to take responsibility for that, you know mm-hmm. the things that you do, the things that you say, and I think especially now online with the kind of you know debate climate that we have in the media climate, I think civil courage is kind of also part of ciso and something that you can you can think about because <clears throat> excuse me um i think I think one of the things that that we find difficult now is that there's so many it's so easy to just kind of go with the flow, <clears throat> you know like someone is doing or saying something and it's really easy to just jump on that bandwagon or that debate and not actually stop to think, whoa, whoa, wait, is this really me? Is this, do I represent my values right now? Am I living the kind of life that I'm proud of? And I think maybe that kind of self-realization is really part of Siso. It's kind of knowing who you are, basically, and, and, and living a life of, of that kind of integrity. Okay. I don't know if that explains it.
1: But. Yeah, no, I'm beginning to kind of understand mm-hmm. what it really means. So, and then, so I mean, like kind of in <clears throat> when you're using it in vernacular when you're just speaking, do you, is Sisu kind of used as like an encouragement to, to, you know, motivate people or put them on the right path?
0: Yeah, I, I think so, because it's like <laughs> a good friend of mine said that, that she remembers really clearly the first time her parents told her that she had sisu. Oh. Because it's kind of the, the sort of thing that makes you grow, you know, like you, you grow a few inches when someone uh-huh. tells you that you have it. So basically, it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a good way, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody else believes that you have it, and then you're like, oh, you know, and you rise to the challenge. Um, so I think I think that's that's one aspect of it that we we tell each other it's it's a really good thing to say to someone it's a really beautiful compliment to pay to someone to say that you are you have a lot of sisum.
1: Oh okay. Yeah. Nice. So is it so now you know kind of in modern day is it being used a lot and thrown around or is it kind of is it kind of a special word that people don't use very often cuz like at least here in you know like in the LA area, everyone uses like the word, um, like amazing all the time. And like incredible <laughs> for like, like just normal things. I'm like, it's not really <laughs> incredible, like incredible sort of lost the, you know, the value of it because we use it for, we use it so often. So is right. Sue like that, or is it kind of reserved for, you know, special things?
0: Um, I would say it is reserved for special things. I don't think we've had that kind of inflation, but that doesn't mean it doesn't get used a lot. I think I think it is still part of the way we speak and the way we kind of relate to the world and ourselves and so on. But but you know if you know anything about Finnish culture, you know that words are used quite sparingly and we kind of you know, it's we do we do place a lot of value on words. So I would say that if you know, if so, if you came to Finland and the Finn told you that you had SISO, that's like,
2: whoa, you know,
0: that's that's big. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would say it's kind of both, but but when I say that we use it a lot, it's it's because it's in our language, you know, in, in so many ways. And they're like products called sisu, you know, and there's there's all that kind of it's a really positive Trait and and um, thing uh, that marketers have discovered as well. You know that if you name a product Sisu it's going to sell better. So,
1: <laughs> so it, it, is,
0: it is part of. Yeah, it, it's there somehow all the time.
1: So, what products or product is named Sisu?
0: Well, there's a kind of candy that's called Sisu and there's a there's a big truck company that makes like these like really huge trucks, and they're they're called Sisu as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least
1: two that I can think of right off right. the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> so eat, the, eat the sisu candy and it yeah. gives you sisu, it huh? give
0: you more, you can give you a boost, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's, I think in some part, it's just hard to kind of translate or grasp because it seems like such, it encompasses so much, just the one word, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, but it, so it, is it really like a, I don't know, would you say it's more of a trait or kind of like a lifestyle for, for that someone lives?
2: Mm.
0: Uh, that's a good question. I would spontaneously say that it's a trait, okay. but um, yeah, I think it's, it's a lifestyle in the sense that it's part of our culture and our cultural identity. So in that sense, part of lifestyle but and and i mean i think maybe some people would say that it is their lifestyle because it's a way to approach life you know Mm -hmm. it's a it's this kind of um fairly independent and self-assured way of looking at things that some people have and and that's something that we say as well you know like that we grade it we would say that oh she's got a lot of sis or he needs more season, you know, so, uh-huh. so it's not like it's it's the same for everyone. So I think some people have embraced the concept, I think, a bit more
2: mm-hmm. than
0: others, probably. Um, but um, what was the first part of your question again? I think I, I lost the thread. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of answered it. I was just curious. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just tough to grasp, I guess. Yeah, you know, just ask
0: whatever follow-up questions you have, because I, I know it's it's a bit
2: tough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's, you know, it's like a word that we just don't, it's untranslatable, I guess. So it's, yeah. it's hard for us yeah. to get this across.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah sure.
1: But, uh, can- but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yes, that's why there's the book. And we'll have, we'll definitely have links to that and everything. So people should definitely check out the book. Um, <laughs> cool. But can we talk about, do you know what the origins of Sisu, where it kind of comes yeah. from? and?
0: I do, I do, yeah. It's a really, really old word, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, the the first sort of written reference that we know of is five hundred years old, but that probably like you know that's just the first written one.
2: Right. So I
0: think it goes, I think it's not an exaggeration to say it probably goes back a thousand years or something. Mm-hmm. And it actually comes from from the Finnish word sisus or sisälemykset, which is the word for guts
2: in okay. Finnish.
0: But it, it's not perhaps guts in the sense that we use it in English, you know, like it is it is related to that. But it comes from this ancient belief that people used to have that that your stomach was the source of your strength, like not your head or your heart, but your stomach, that's okay. where your, your inner fire was, you know, and you can sort of see it in this English expression fire in one's belly, you know, like mm-hmm. at least the British have that. And and that's something I think a lot of different people groups shared back then. So that's where it comes from originally, which is, a, I think, quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So it comes from, from your belly. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially other terms, how they've kind of come from that. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, I mean, how can, let's see, I mean,
2: is... We all sort of have like a little bit
1: of sisu in us already, oh, yeah. right?
2: Sure, sure, absolutely,
1: yeah. Like it's just, I think it's just kind of inherent at certain times in our life. Like we'll have more or less, maybe, and and rise yeah. to the challenge and different things like that. But are there, you know, certain, you know, practices or ways of thinking that we can develop to increase our sisu? Uh,
2: yeah, I think. I think probably uh, the the sort of the starting point
0: again I think is there's a quote in my book which I really love. I interviewed this this guy who's an explorer um, and he's you know he's climbed all the mountains and he's been to Antarctica and all these places and done crazy CISO things. I knew I wanted to talk to him about that and he definitely believes in CISO and he said that that obviously, you know, it's not a it's not a Finnish thing. It's not a Finnish invention or anything like that. It's universal. Mm-hmm. But the, the the sort of the benefit that we have in Finland is that we've kind of identified this trait early on, and we've packaged it. We've named it and packaged it. Yeah. And he thinks that that's really key because when you when you know and sort of believe that it exists, you can tap into it. So I think maybe that's where it kind of starts you know okay. that you kind of when you realize that okay I'm I'm facing something that I'm going to be needing season four it's a little bit like you're you're hunkering down and you're pulling up your you know coat and whatever and you're sort of bracing yourself against whatever is coming and I think it's maybe that sort of mental preparedness in a way because you, you know that okay I'm gonna need more than I think I have Mm -hmm. for this that you kind of get into that mindset okay this is that kind of time and another quote that i that i liked personally very much is that i I spoke to a swedish businessman and he said that he's he's worked with people from all over the world lots of different nationalities and he said that the one thing that he's learned is that when you're facing a crisis you need to call in the Finns because nobody can handle it like they do like everybody else panics and they just say okay this is what we'll do. Right. You know, like you get into this fo- sense of like focus, like intense focus and, and a calm, I suppose you would call it like in the center of, of the storm. Uh-huh. So think, again, like, but it starts with, with identifying it. And then, then you can sort of maybe learn more about it and then kind of start to apply it to different areas of your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, just become consciously aware of it as the, is the first step and then you can start to tune into it and and, and develop it more. Um, so you mentioned the first guy who's, you know, is is kind of a climber and, you know, does a lot of outdoor stuff. Is that, would that be kind of an example of where, you know, you're kind of going into that and you say like, I'm going to need some Sisu to get through this. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I mean, is that a good example of it sort of where you're going to need to physically exhaust yourself and mentally prepare yourself for like a tough, you know, hike or something?
0: Yeah. Well, I would say that's like the, uh, maybe the, even the stereotypical view of, of Sisu also in Finland is that, okay. you know, tough, tough people have a lot of Sisu. And I kind of challenge that view a little bit in my book because uh-huh. I think like we all have our own mountains to climb, you know, in our lives that everybody's going to be facing at some point a crisis or something really difficult. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if you're, if you're out there doing big visible things or if it's something, you know, that other people don't see. But, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a challenge. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to broaden, um, broaden it a bit. I, I think it's always been quite broad, actually. But it's, you know, people have this mental image of somebody with Sizzle is someone who runs up a mountain, you know, is unfazed at the top, basically. And, and I, I sort of argue that that's not really the case and and actually uh, one example that I mention in my book is that i I have a brother who's who is ill and he has a he has a chronic illness um, which is you know it affects his muscles and they have you know become he's become worse and worse over the years slowly and and he is my CISO hero for the reason that he's you know he, he has just applied this kind of extreme patience and tenacity to the fact that he's kind of lost so much of his dexterity for instance and his ability to do things and he he used to be this wonderful carpenter and and you know be able to do stuff with his hands and and when his you know his uh his hands started to shake and he he would he would have you know he would be struggling to do it he would just He would just let it take time. He would just, you know, he would wait for a bit for the worst to pass, pick up, you know, whatever he was, whatever tools he was holding, pick them up again, you know, start working on it again. And then, you know, take a break and get back to it again. Take a break and back to it again. And just that kind of, I mean, he has patience like, you know, (laughs) I'm not like that at all, but I just admire that so much. And I think that's SISO, you know, that's SISO, to not sort of, to not give up and Mm -hmm. and to just keep doing you know some whatever you love to do for as long as you can possibly do it um and not just give up at the first side of the trouble basically or you know um and and that's the essence of it to not give up and and i think you know everybody has challenges like that in life where we need to be reminded not to give up sometimes
1: Mm -hmm. nice man well i feel like this we've kind of I feel like we've done a fairly good job of explaining it. I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, really understand so. it. Yeah, yeah. It feels, you know, it feels cool. good. Um, so, are you kind of hoping that, you know, the, the, the world in general, like, well, at least in America here and and stuff, that we start using um, sisu in our vernacular and and you know, so telling someone they have sisu. Well,
0: I would love for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I really. Would. I think that would be so great because we've already given sauna you know to the world yes. <laughs> as a concept I mean not a lot of people don't know that it's a Finnish word, but anyway, mm-hmm. And I would love for Ceso to be another one of those words that people just kind of yeah, you know, <laughs> and uh, I don't see why not so mm-hmm.
1: right well, and I love that you know i I wish there was it's just it's kind of interesting the way that words have meaning and how we figure out the meaning of a word, you know what i mean? Yeah. But like uh yeah, i just love how you guys have packaged up this whole concept into one word and i wish mm-hmm. i want us to, you know, also take that. So i'm going to start using that trying to explain it to people and putting into your book. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's
1: great.
0: I actually befriended this um british guy who's who's also a mountaineer and explorer. He's actually cycling around the world as we speak and mm-hmm. And I, we became friends when he contacted me and said that he's, he's written a book because he was, the, he, was, he was the youngest British guy to scale the seven summits, you know, like the, the tallest mountain on every continent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he wrote a book about his experiences and he said, is it, o- is it okay if I call it In Search of CISO?
2: Oh. It's, like,
0: it's like, I don't, you know, <laughs> not like he needed my permission to use <laughs> the word, but I was like, whoa, that's so great. And he knew, he knew everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you know way to go to, to just kind of that that's really hopeful when people who are not Finnish, you know also pick up on it and start spreading it like
2: that
1: yeah no that's so, awesome Glad to hear it's spreading. For, yeah cool um and then you mentioned uh sauna or sauna how do you guys how do you pronounce sauna in finnish
0: and sauna. Sauna, <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, because that's
0: pretty <laughs> <really> good. Because <laughs> that's what I
1: grew up saying is sauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole yeah, yeah. family it's, said it's that.
0: Sauna.
1: Yeah, I but I think
0: ever, it's harder in English to say. It. I mean, people always, you know, the diphthongs are always difficult for, yeah. for a lot of English speakers. So that's okay. why it's called sauna. And I say sauna when I speak English, but it's sauna, definitely, sauna. yeah.
1: Okay. Sauna. That's how I always mm-hmm. say it. And then yeah, my whole yeah. family said that. And then I got out into the real world and started saying sauna. <laughs> And everyone's like, what are you saying? Why are you saying it like that? But I'm like, no, I, I got it. the right way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> way to go. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize. So that's really, that's, we just took the finished word exactly. And, and copied yeah. it, basically we say, yeah, it wrong, it, but
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't win them all.
1: <laughs> yes. I guess so. Yeah. Can we talk about, um, I'm so curious about the, you know, about using saunas and, you know, kind of the Finnish mm-hmm. lifestyle, I guess, too. And um, I know like yeah. being outdoors yeah. is a big deal to, to Finnish people in general, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So like, I mean, can you just kind of, I don't know, how do we start with this maybe? But like, I, let's just talk about saunas, I guess, first. Like how important um, is that for a Finnish person?
0: Oh, hugely. <laughs> well, I mean, again, you, you can't really... It doesn't apply to everybody, obviously, but I would say that probably ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent of Finns enjoy the sauna.
2: Right,
0: <laughs> like to to go at least once a week. Nice, and that's that's how I grew up as well. Um, and actually, when uh, we we used to live in like um, uh, we used to live in an apartment when I was when I was uh, like really young, mm-hmm. and and one of the things that and there was a communal sauna, so we would go like we would have. You know, a slot on Friday night or Saturday night when at seven o'clock when our family would use the sauna, and my dad was like so frustrated with that. And then when we when we we moved to a house of our own, the first thing he built was the sauna. But first <laughs> thing before the kitchen, before the bathroom, any right. of this, the sauna was ready. <laughs>
2: so, oh my gosh!
0: So that maybe says something. Yes. But yeah, it's kind of this um um. I think I think again, I mean, if you if you look on the surface of it, the sauna is about, you know, <clears throat> going in and into this really hot room and, and sitting there for a while and, and getting clean. But I think I think it's more it's it's almost like a ritual. It's like this kind of relaxation, a place and time for relaxation. And I think that's the big draw really with the sauna. That you might go with your friends, you know, and then you have a beer afterwards and, and it's all, and you feel all like, like you would after a hot bath, you know, like really kind of really, you know, drowsy and, and all your muscles feel relaxed and it's just a wonderful feeling.
2: So, Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it it feels great. Everyone Mm -hmm. who does a sauna loves it. I mean, it's awesome. So, but it is just you guys sort of use it as a a relaxation tool, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, and, and like a, it's a weekly ritual. I think it was quite important for our our family, for instance. I mean, we would, we would, we would usually um, light the sauna on a Saturday night. And then, you know, when everybody had been, we'd, we'd, you know, sit down in front of the TV and watch a film and, and have some Coke or something like that. And some people have beer, you know, so it it was like the whole package This was this kind of togetherness and, and and uh, like a family activity, mm-hmm. of course, people go by themselves as well. You know, so it's you have all these different things, but yeah,
1: right, yeah, yeah. I mm. love that. I wish they were more popular here because it's great to go to a sauna, but they're they're kind of hard yeah. to find around here. That you know, right?
0: I'm sure. And then they're probably not hot enough.
1: My right? Guess. Yeah, you guys make them hot.
0: Yeah, I'm not good with Fahrenheit, but it's like usually between eighty and one hundred and twenty degrees Celsius okay. in a sauna like you know water water boils at 100 degrees so it's
1: (laughs) dang okay that is hot
0: yeah i i I sort of draw the line at 100 i like it somewhere between 80 and 90 Is i think ideal but some Mm -hmm. people really enjoy
1: 120 degrees or more man yeah that is crazy and then so how does it what's that
0: you don't stay for long i mean that's the thing go out in between and then you come back So, uh,
1: so what is the, you know, maybe ideal or best type of sauna? Is it, it's kind of like a, cause there's like a steam sauna and stuff too, right? There's different types.
2: Yeah, well, we
0: don't really have the steam sauna as such. I think that's more like you would find in a Turkish bath, like a hammam, because they have a type of sauna, and that's more like a steam room. Okay. I'm not sure if that's what you're thinking of, but we yeah. basically have wood-burning stove saunas, and then we have electric, you know, just like you just plug it in and it's, it heats up. Mm-hmm. Um is quite common these days and easy obviously you don't have to you do the whole thing of lighting a fire and you know right and then there's also something like i don't really know what it would be called in english like it's we call it smoke sauna and it's i'm not really sure about the technique but there's basically i've only ever once been in one of those and it's like this really really old way of of uh sauna bathing is that you you have this You kind of, I actually don't really know how it works, but basically it's like, this. it's actually pitch black, like the inside of the sun is from the smoke. So basically you kind of use smoke to kind of heat the the room somehow and, and it becomes really like the heat is a bit different. It's very soft and very, very kind of pleasant to be in once you've gone through the whole trouble of actually, you know. The fire and you know all that stuff and letting it cool to the right temperature. But it's you know it's a science and I'm no expert. And some some Finn is going to be listening to this and going, oh no, she's yeah. got it all. <laughs> but, because they are not that common anymore, but they used to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know there are all these aficionados that that will only say, oh, only a wood burning one. You know that's everything else is crap.
1: And, mm-hmm. You know. So, right. But... <laughs> I think I've but heard think like. Go ahead. sorry good no go ahead joanna
0: just say like like if you if you go to a gym for instance every gym in, in helsinki has its own sauna so you can you can go afterwards mm-hmm. after you've been to the shower you know you can go in and they would always be electric because obviously you know it's it's safer and it's no trouble when you don't have to to get it started and and maintain it so you just plug it in
1: yeah it's much so easier.
0: that's really
2: hard. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i wish we had more of those because it's only like higher end gyms really have saunas here. It's, it's right. just not very common. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm when I get, we're in an apartment right now, but we're, you know, when we move out, that's like one of the top things that I want to have at my house is a sauna for sure.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. It seems it's so here. great. It's genius. <laughs> and then, um, is kind of the, you know, sauna and then doing like a ice plunge kind of stuff. Is that popular in, in Finland?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is popular. I have a, a small chapter on that in my book as well because I know people are interested, and it's obviously one of the, the times when you get to show your season. Um <laughs> We have we call it winter bathing basically. Okay. Um, so, so all kinds of winter, well, most kinds of winter bathing would take place kind of in connection with the sauna because obviously, if you if you go into basically a frozen lake in only Well, you would be wearing your bathing suit and you would have a beanie and you would have gloves and you would have socks on your feet, basically. Hmm. But even so, even if you don't stay in for very long, you would kind of need to reheat quite quickly. So that's why people tend to do it sort of, you know, they come out of the sauna, they jump in, you know, and they spend maybe a minute and then they go back up. They dry off and maybe go back into the sauna or just put their clothes on. So it's kind of... But then again, we have winter bathers who don't go via the sauna at all and just kind of, oh. <laughs> you know, go straight from a normal room temperature house and go and go for a dip and then they come back up. And that's actually a growing thing again. Like it's a really traditional thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You will find lots of old people who do it and who who praise it. You know, for its for everything basically for keeping them healthy and and. Uh, you know, in, in good vigor and, and all those things. And I believe it, but mm-hmm. it's actually growing now among younger people as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I, it's not, it's not about to die out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. It's so interesting. Cause it, I mean, it sounds terrible. I've never done that, but I want to yeah. try it because it just sounds like, you know, I, I've read some of the, you know, that of just the health benefits for your body of doing that, but it just yeah. seems like a good kind of like mental exercise to make yourself do that to kind of put yourself through the discomfort you know
0: yeah yeah well of course I think one thing that people do when they start is that you you wouldn't necessarily wait until it's like really cold like freezing for your first ever dip so you would maybe start in autumn and then you would work your way up you know so that you would get used to it like for every every time you go it's a little colder you know Uh so that's a thing but it's interesting that you that you raised that thing about discomfort because that's really a finished thing as well and that's kind of something i i discovered well i didn't discover it but i I thought about it properly for the first time when i was researching my book just this this kind of ideal that we have that things shouldn't come easy that they're not as valuable you know if they come easily Mm -hmm. which is why we still have you know summer houses without running water central heating you know these kinds of things even though we lead very comfortable lives otherwise that there's this ideal you know that that you your your summer house should be on an island you know far away from from like <laughs> from anywhere else and and you should get there by boat those are the best kinds of summer houses that you get to only by boat and then you drag everything with you like your you know, you're, you're the water that you're going to be needing and food for two weeks, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then you, you know, you have a wood burning stove, you don't have electricity and you, you do everything like they used to do. And I think, I think now in this day and age, that's, that is kind of becoming a bit interesting as a phenomenon because we are, of course, we love comfort, I think, as much as anyone else, at least I do. But when it comes to those things, you can really tell that there are some like old traditions and values that still hold sway over Finns, that even some young people will really want to be roughing it, you know, when they go away for their summer holiday. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, that's a bit different from a lot of other cultures that I've encountered.
1: Yeah. So why do you think that is? Why do Finns enjoy that? Just to kind of put things in perspective and help them realize that. You know, life is pretty good, and they sh- we should appreciate it. Or is it? I mean, why why do this? Do you think?
0: Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I think that's probably part of it, um, that kind of appreciation. But I think it's also just maybe I think a connection to nature that I feel that we still have because we have nurtured it. I would I would say that. I mean, even if Finland is a fairly urbanized country um in many respects we still have so much like genuine wilderness for instance we still have these like untouched areas and huge forests and things and because it's not an overpopulated country by far um i think it's allowed us to kind of hold on to that kind of connection like it's it hasn't been broken at any point you know during industrialization or or later on Mm -hmm. and um so I think a lot of people nurture this kind of link to nature, and, and this is maybe the easiest way for a modern person to to find it. You know, you, we spend a lot of time in the forest, we spend a lot of time outdoors, and we like to we like things to not be very manicured or very comfortable. We like the sense of wilderness. You know, that that you can visit a forest that is big enough for you to get lost in. I mean, people kind of like that. <laughs> And I think maybe it is it kind of harks back to something that we feel that we've lost a little bit, you know that everybody used to have. we used to have this natural connection to nature and and this is maybe how we we kind of feel it that you know you, yeah, you should you should feel it in your body when you're when you've um when you're done with a day you know you you have done things you've been rowing or you've been chopping wood or you've been walking for miles and 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 it gives you a good feeling and it gives you a very a, a great feeling of satisfaction that, that you don't easily come by in this, you know, sitting at a desk at your office job, which everybody does. So I think there's something there, probably.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I could totally relate to that because, like,
2: mm-hmm. I'll
1: have, you know, I feel like I have to go camping at least once every three months or else I start to just <laughs> kind of get like... I just feel like I have to get out. You know what I mean?
0: I've been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's a weird feeling. It's hard to describe. And it's like, you know, it's kind of exhausting to go camping. It's a lot of work to get things set up and, you know, pack everything up and get there and, you know, just have your basic necessities. But it's just, there's something about it that I really enjoy and like, feel like Mm -hmm. I need to do regularly.
2: Mm hmm do
0: you find that hard living in LA to, to go camping?
1: You know, it's, it's a, probably generally at least a three to six hour drive to get some, mm. somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of, uh, national parks are tricky sometimes cause they can just be full of people. Right. You know? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they're more crowded <laughs> than at home. Yeah. Um, but we have a lot of kind of, open desert land and there there's there's spots to go um right. or you can kind of isolate yourself and and be in you know what's cool around here is we could be in the desert we could be drive up to the mountains you could go to the beach um there's a mm-hmm. lot of different terrains yeah. that we can yeah. hit up you know so that, that
2: sounds wonderful
1: yeah that's a bonus about being being here for sure yeah
2: do you have
0: lots of friends who are like you though I'm just wondering if, is is this genetic or is
2: it?
1: That's a good question. You know, I'll have, I do have a few friends who are similar and I'll go camping with and have that same kind of, you know, they know what I'm talking about when I say that I need to go camping, but I wouldn't say it's common. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I wonder if it is like a genetic thing. Mm
0: -hmm. That would be really interesting. Yeah. I wonder what Gene would pay
1: for that. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. I never even consider that. Yeah. Right. But, um,
2: yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it, I mean,
1: yeah, I just love learning about the Finnish culture because it seems mm-hmm. like at least us in the U.S., we could, we could learn from you guys and, uh, you know, take a hint from some of the things that you guys are doing because it just sounds... Nicer, and I'd love to come visit and mm-hmm. and try the stuff out. If I came to visit, would I be able to try the like ice or the the um winter bathing stuff, or is that for so locals for... only?
0: No, 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 it's not for locals only. I think okay. I could go up with uh like a group of people who would teach you the ropes, and then you get to have a go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be so fun.
2: Time, obviously, but yeah, but,
1: yeah, man, I would love to come and try all that stuff and and just kind mm-hmm. of. I'd love to come over there for a long time, like at least a few months, mm-hmm. and and really settle in and, and kind of see what you guys are doing every day.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> have you? <laughs> That'd be great. Sweet. Yeah.
1: I yeah. Mean, have you Have you made the trip over? Have you been to the U.S. at all?
0: I have. Yeah, several times. I actually have family there. Um, well, my husband's sister is. Married um, to an American, and um, she and her husband and their two kids they live in Texas. Mm-hmm. So we've been there a couple of times, and I've also been to the East Coast. So, okay. yeah, but not not where you are. That's completely uncharted. But I'd like to see California for sure.
1: Oh yeah, definitely come over. It's, it's a cool area. There's a lot of fun stuff to check out here for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, so are there? I mean, can you? This is maybe a tough question, but are there any sort of key differences that you kind of pick out between Americans and Finnish people or like, you know, trait differences maybe, or, or lifestyle differences?
0: <laughs> um, not maybe lifestyle differences. Some, well, yeah, I would, I would sort of attack the traits first. <laughs> um, yeah, there are definitely some trait differences. Um, I think we, um, um, in general, with Finns, we don't really pride ourselves on on being able to do small talk. I mean, the the silence in our culture, I think, is probably the biggest difference to to America and Americans, of whom I've known many. You know, um, lovely people, everybody. <clears throat> but the uh, I think the big difference is that we we have this thing of like social silence, where it's it's fairly acceptable in Finland to not say anything, even Mm -hmm. if you're in a group of people, like you can sit a few people for like several minutes and nobody will say anything. And I, I can't really see that happening in the States. (laughs) I mean, it would be really, really awkward. It would would break it just because it's so awkward, but, and people break it here too, but, but not as quickly, you know, Uh and it's, I think this, um, it tends to unnerve people from other cultures, like not just Americans, but everybody, because it's so different. Um, but I think, um, aside from, from the fact that it can be unnerving, I think it's it, it sort of, if you look at it from a, from a really, from a positive angle, I think it's, it's kind of a generosity, you know, that you offer each other, that if you don't want to speak, that's fine. Or if you don't have anything to say, don't speak just to fill the gap. Don't fill the silence. Um, and we have, like I said, we, we kind of like economy of language. You know, we don't like to, to use our precious words like lightly, for instance, like the phrase, I love you in Finnish, is like something that you would never use in the same way that we use it in English, where you love The Simpsons or you love pizza you know and right. and uh, so that that word is just like really really strong and and uh, it's it's only reserved for like you know you wouldn't necessarily say it to very many people even over the course of a lifetime so it's it's that attitude i think translates into how how we look at spending time together and, and socializing that of course we talk about the weather and stuff like that but i think the general idea is that don't Don't waste my time, you know. (laughs) Don't waste my time with like stupid things that don't mean anything. Like if we're gonna talk, let's talk about stuff that is meaningful. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I think that's a cultural difference that sets us apart from not just Americans but a lot of other cultures as well.
1: (laughs) Yes, I love that. I feel like I totally relate to that too. So I don't know if this is a a genetic (laughs) thing too, but yeah, like I, you know, I get so frustrated when we we'll go out to eat with some friends and like I can't even eat because we have to talk the whole time. I'm like, can we right. just, you know, at least enjoy the food here for a minute and, you know, not <laughs> chat. Sure. And yeah. And it's yeah. like, even, you know, I'll go out and, um, like Sydney, my girlfriend, she'll be like, are you, you know, is everything okay? You weren't saying much at dinner. I was like, yeah, well, I just didn't have anything to say, you know,
2: right.
1: it's yeah. like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to make up stuff cause I don't just to say something. So I, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that you guys do that.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. But you would great. fit right in. Nobody would ever ask you if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like, you know, you could be silent for 10 minutes and then maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's so <laughs> or, great. Or
0: yeah. yeah, but that, that's, that's the difference. And I think another one is, because um, I worked for, for different companies, and including one that was actually a Finnish-American company, and that was an interesting sort of... <laughs> exercise in in the uh the cultural differences because we can be the the thing about when we do speak we can be quite blunt in finland like we because we don't really understand the point of small talk we would just go straight to the point and we would just say you know like for instance in business deals like (laughs) there's there can be this like discrepancy between the cultures because I think in in the States, you kind of have this understanding that you need to be, you know, buttering people off a bit and you need to be saying good, nice things and paying them compliments and so on. And and we appreciate that, but it's not something we would necessarily think to do, you know, so we might just as well just get straight to it and start, you know, hammering out the deal or putting everything on the table and say, what do you think about this? I think that's too much or I think that's too little and not sugarcoat things just to say it how it is. So I think, I think the management style, the business management style in Finland is quite Finnish. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) No, I love that. That's, I feel like I relate to that too, where I'm like, let's just get down to business. Let's do what we're here to do rather than, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like circle around the subject and never talk about the real stuff, you know,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: you guys yeah. are awesome.
0: <laughs> but it sounds like you have, you probably have, if it's not in your genes, then it must be in your culture. Like, like some of these things are probably filtered down, you know, from your grandparents and parents and like, stuff that you've picked up on without necessarily realizing that you have,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think, you know, <laughs> Yeah. But then again, of course not every I mean, you Americans are also very different and there's a lot of diversity. And of course, you have some I know some Finns who are extremely social and talk all the time. So right. I mean it's always a danger of, you know, making Generalizing. yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But mm-hmm. um, No, I get that. But as a
2: rule Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. but I mean like you know, kind of hearing your how you generally describe a Finnish person, it sounds exactly like my grandma she was very she was very stern and would say exactly what she thought and you know she was she was tough but also you know she was loving to us as her grandkids Mm -hmm. and yeah it it, I can see it a lot in her and and I may have picked up on you know some of that I'm sure just being with her as a when I was young and stuff so sure yeah makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dang. Well, Joanna, this was awesome. I love hearing about this. It makes me want to come visit uh, Finland so bad. I'm going to, I'm going to make it a priority. I got to come at least in the next year or two. I'm going to make it over there.
0: Please do that. Yeah. Give me a call when you, when you arrive.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely. will. Cool. So let's give your book, Sisu, the Finnish Heart of Courage. um, That's on Amazon. I'll have a link to that. Is there anywhere else we should send people?
0: Well, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I don't post like, or and Facebook. um, Just Joanna Island. Um, I don't post like massively, but I always try to put some, you know, new stuff about the book and so on. There. So, if you're interested to follow, then sweet. Then basically,
1: yeah. Cool. No, I'll definitely have links to all that stuff. Great. And yeah, this is great. I love. uh, I love learning about stuff, and it's awesome, especially. (laughs) You know, cause I can relate to it so much. Very like, kind of. yeah. Having those genes and seeing it in my, my personal family. So it was, it was really fun right. to talk to you.
0: Likewise, Travis, it was really nice. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's so cool.
1: Of course. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your day. All right.
0: Yeah. Thanks. You too.
1: Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. What an episode. Thanks for sticking around and listening to it. This is Travis again, uh, here on my own. But as a thank you for sticking around, I wanted to give you a free sticker, a free curiosity-ness sticker, 100% free, don't have to pay for shipping. You don't have to enter your credit card info. It's really free. Uh, to get one, go to curiosityness.com slash free sticker. And it's yours. I'll send it to you right away. And, and you can slap that baby wherever you want to represent Curiosityness. So uh thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Just wanted to give you guys a little gift. Um, so just go ahead and claim that at curiosityness.com slash free sticker. And... uh Visit our website too, curiosityness.com. I have an Instagram, Curiosityness Podcast. I'm on Instagram too as Trav DeRose, me, Travis, the host. You can follow me if you want. Uh, we're on Twitter, Curiosityness TV is our uh, handle there. We're on Facebook as Curiosityness All the links to this stuff are in the show notes. You can just click on it and follow us if you want to. Because I post some cool little clips and and extra stuff that you don't get from the uh, podcast onto social media. So you can join in on that and comment and and talk about me and the show or whatever you want to do. We're on YouTube, too, as CuriosityNess. And I have an email address, Travis at CuriosityNess.com. Send me an email. Send me your thoughts on the show, suggestions for new guests. Tips on things to make the show better and, and help me with my interviewing and, and get better and everything like that. So, uh, constructive feedback is always nice. So, send me an email and uh, also reviews super help. Uh, really appreciate reviews on the show in uh, Stitcher or iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, just drop a review, that's extremely helpful. You don't even have to make it five stars, you can, you can lower it. Uh, I would prefer a higher one, but whatever, whatever you want to do. I won't coax you into something, Uh, but any sort of review helps. I really honestly do appreciate it. So, um, yeah, thank you again, guys, for sticking around and listening to this end blabber with me, but uh, have a good rest of the day.
2: Bye bye.